Welcome back to the Pantry Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey McDaniels, and I'm part of the Development Committee for the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry. Going forward, we'll be releasing monthly episodes of this podcast to share information about the OACP and the people who contribute to its success. First, a few updates. March 2022 was a busy month for the OACP. To start, they hosted a successful spice and condiment drive to help spice up some of the options at the pantry. Then, they were featured as the nonprofit of the night at the Wisconsin Herd game on March 23rd. During the game, community members were able to meet the new executive director, Ryan Rasmussen. This is a great segue into this episode's interview, which is with the pantry's first executive director, Steve Vickman. Let's hear what he has to say. Right. I am here today with Steve Vickman, who was the very first, really, executive director of the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry. He worked there from 2008 to 2011 and has a lot of great stories about really the origin of the pantry, where, where it came from, and what it all took to put this thing together. So welcome, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, could we start out? And we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, just your your background was not in nonprofit. You said you had a, you know, you've worked in 31 years in retail. So this was kind of all new to you. But at the same time, you made it work and, you know, it's still going strong. So that's a great, great success story. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my real talent was in managing people and in developing systems uh, not at all in the food business, mm-hmm. or barely in the food business, but uh, you know my real talent was just organizing people and figuring things out, stealing other people's best ideas, uh, and learning from my mistakes. And that was what, was what I think was really key to the early beginnings of the OACP. Excellent. And you talk, we talked too about how, so this pantry started... It opened in April of 2009, and that was really kind of a crucial time because of the 2008 recession. Was that something that started the idea for the pantry and coming together, or was that sort of just a coincidence? Yeah, the, the pantry had actually started, the idea of the pantry had started a few years prior uh, when some community leaders got together and they said, why are we having all these little churches um, having their little food pantries why don't we see if we can't pool resources, get them to join together and come together and, and develop a community food pantry? And the initial mission statement that that group came up with was, of course, to deal with the food insecurity within the community, within Winnebago County, but also they had a second part of that, which was to lead people to more independent lives. And so that was always... Uh, a uh, real key component of the early days of the Oshkosh Community Pantry. And you talked about, so there was those eight churches that sort of ended up then coming together and helped a lot with funding and with providing volunteers. Um, are you As you worked with them, kind of how did that process all go and come together to start the OACP? Yeah, we were the really the successor organization to what was originally the Ecumenical Food Pantry, which operated in the basement of... Uh, the old school at uh, at the Episco- at Trinity Episcopal Church just down the block here, and um, so we that was their original beginnings. And what would happen would be um, they served about five hundred families a month, and people would come down the stairs. It was not handicapped accessible. They would come down the stairs, and they would receive a couple of bags of of pre-selected groceries. You know, and it was canned goods, it was probably a lot of starchy things, 
wasn't any fresh foods at all, but it was just basic sta staple items and um, that they would collect uh, from their churches, from their community, where they would also purchase some things like through Feeding America and uh, from some other community partners. Um, but it was very, um, not at all like what Oshkosh Community Pantry became in the end. So, mm -hmm. But that was our initial beginnings was to use those people, their resources, their volunteer base also initially. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like they really, you know, were all willing to come together and do this versus, um, you know, continue trying to do on their own, you know, deciding to pool resources and, and make it available to the community. Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense rather than, um, because they, all, all these churches also had difficulty always getting volunteers. Um, anybody who's run an all-volunteer organization, which OACP at one time was, I was the initial only employee. We had a couple of AmeriCorps volunteers uh, at various times, and I think it was probably in the second year before we actually hired an operations manager uh, to try to take some of the some of the burden off of me. Uh, yeah. So you weren't we doing had, it all. Yeah, we had no idea of you know the scoping, and um, you know at one time I believe they went up to twenty five hundred families a month. Uh, so that was huge. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you also talked about how Feeding America was a big part of uh, the initial, well, and still is, of donations and, you know, we're buying food, supplying food from them, and you worked with, you know, creating a partnership there as well. Yeah, you know, our, the success of OACP really was built on partnerships with a lot of community organizations. Um, and Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin is certainly one of those because, um, Typically, you know, we would go to Omro and clean them out, as I recall, with even with our little pantry truck at the time. We, we would go and clean them out. And uh, they, they were very key because we would purchase, you know, for at the time it was only 19 cents a pound, um, you know, a million plus pounds of food a year from them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the assortment of products you could get from them was always very amazing. Um, and so without their help, we couldn't have, you know, begun. And and truly without the other help of other organizations like the Oshkosh United Way, the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry, um, numerous foundations who supported our work early on and individuals, um, UW Extension who taught our early nutrition classes, um, UW Oshkosh students who were there uh, to help us with our um our backpack program every Friday, uh, and uh, so many others. Uh, the churches, uh, besides the, the original um, seven founding churches who uh, we succeeded at from the ecumenical um, food pantry, uh, there were many other churches who supported our work regularly through both um, cash donations and through food drive. And it was really amazing to see uh, how many people um, understood and got it, um, understood what it was like to be hungry and it could relate to those people and who were so willing to give up their time and effort and volunteer um, to make sure that other people didn't have to be hungry in the Oshkosh community. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that as well, that you know, creating a pantry in Oshkosh, there were some well-established pantries in Green Bay and Menasha, but they all had these great community partnerships, and you, were, you didn't have that yet. So you really had to go out and create all those partnerships and foster them to be successful. Exactly. You know, we didn't, um, 
when we started, we had no idea of the model that we were going to be. You know, um, typically what you know most food pantries are is uh, people would come in and not really have the choice to select items. Um, and so we wanted to pick the best of what we saw in, in other areas. And so, uh, and we wanted to be able to treat people with dignity, treat them with respect. And so we believe that um, people coming in and being able to choose their own items um, was the most respectful way of doing that. And, you know, we came up with the crazy point system, you know, which again, we had no idea how that would work. Um, but, you know, it, it seems to have weathered the test of time. And, and we learned over time, you know, and that was the great thing about being a young organization was that we were able to make mistakes, pivot, correct those mistakes, and learn from the mistakes. You know, we, we learned early on that people didn't want to spend their didn't want to spend their points on fresh vegetables. Interesting. Because first of all, they weren't they weren't familiar with them. They didn't know how to prepare them a lot mm-hmm. of times. So if we had veg, fresh veggies and fruits, they wouldn't want to spend their points on them mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, so, you know, what we did was, well, we can't have this stuff sit here and rot. Mm-hmm. So we made it, these are no point items. There you Zero go. points. Yeah. You know, just because we wanted to make sure that they were taken, mm-hmm. you know. And that people were able to get that nutritional value from right. them. And, and, you know, the other thing that we decided early on was there's certain things that we absolutely have to always have. We absolutely always had to have milk. We always had to have eggs. We had to have margarine or butter or something like that. We had to have meat and protein choices. And so, you know, um, developing that model was really key. Uh, you know, the point system and just the, uh, the idea of a grocery store where you shop for yourself and then you got checked out at the, at the checkout. You mm-hmm. know? And, uh, you know, the, the other important thing was to find that group of volunteers within the community. Um, you know, and initially, you know, we relied very heavily on the churches, but... Uh, one of the things the early board and myself insisted on was that we didn't want people to feel like this was just a handout. So when people would register, uh, and we wanted to make the registration process as easy as possible. So, you know, a- as you may or may not know, if you're a poor person, you may not have a current ID. Your driver's license may have expired several years ago. Mm-hmm. You may um, not be able to get to the DMV to get a new one. Or, right, or and, the fees. And, it, and it costs money to yep. do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is really a lot of times why, you know, we see the issues with, with voting, low voter registration by uh, low socioeconomic groups is that they don't have, you know, up-to-date IDs. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were extremely lenient in um, IDs that we would accept. We... We insisted that people bring an ID of some sort, mm-hmm. and then that they had, if they said, I have five kids in my house, well, you had to bring some sort of proof to us. You know, we weren't going to photocopy, a, you know, a social security card or do that kind of stuff, but you had to bring some form of proof so that we knew that you lived there, that you lived in Winnebago County. Um, you know, so that was what was really key because we wanted to make sure, you know, funders wanted to make sure we were serving the right people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we want to treat people with dignity, but we also wanted to make funders know that we were using their dollars responsibly. Mm-hmm. It was staying local in the community yes. and helping, really helping their neighbors that they may yes. or may not know are struggling. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we opened it up to 
when people would register for our services, so would you like to volunteer? You know, and amazingly, um, pretty soon, uh, many of our, of our volunteers at the pantry were actually people who received food from the pantry. Which led to a lot of very interesting learning for all of us, myself uh, included, of course. We had one guest who came in, and he was very disheveled. And um, uh, my first uh, recollection of him was I looked at him and I thought, where am I going to hide this guy? Because he honestly um, was not very presentable. And um, I, I just didn't know. I was looking and thinking, okay, I'm, I'm the guy saying we want to welcome everybody, but you know, I don't know what to do with this poor gentleman. And this guy was about, you know, I'd say in his mid-50s at the time. And he would walk to the pantry from the south side of Oshkosh every day, uh, about three and a half miles. He would walk every day. And he would show up, and he was the checkout person. And he did a, he showed up every darn day. Um, it didn't matter, rain, snow, whatever, he was always there. And many times I would, he would wait around for me to finish up at the end of the day, and I would drive him home. And I can recall the collect, the, the conversations that we would have, and he would say, you know, you're the best boss I ever had. And I would think, well, why is that? And he said, because you always make me feel like I'm important when I'm here and working for you. And, you know, what I took away from that um, very humbly was that everybody had something to offer to us, um, no matter what their appearance or what their outward appearance was. Um, it was really what was in their heart that mattered and their desire um, to do good and to help out other people. And so for me... Um, this gentleman taught me a lot more than I think I ever taught him. I think he was a, a better boss to me than um, I ever could be to him. You know, you had to be able to open your heart and be a little flexible with where you envisioned that people could help you out. Mm -hmm. And um, the community really did give, you know, their full support to us because they understand hungry people. They get it. So um, that was really one of the great things that happened. And, and we were extremely fortunate to get funding from a lot of community partners. There was an anonymous community foundation which gave us $100,000 every year. Um, J.J. Keller was a huge um, funder of our organization, still is. Uh, Bemis Corporation, uh, U.S. Venture, you know, just a, a lot of wonderful partners here in the Valley which saw the work we did and believed that the work we did was important and um, that we were doing the right thing for people. Mm -hmm. And that is, it sounds like to this day, there's still volunteers are a lot of people who are guests of the pantry and also volunteer their time there, which is a really great way just to keep supporting the cause and helping other people in their same situation. Yeah, and you know, really it, it was important, you know, to develop that culture of of giving and volunteerism. You know, part of um, the mindset that we had going in when we founded the Ashkosher Community Pantry was to really be using the correct terminology. So from the very get-go, we chose the word guests for those people who received our services. We wanted them to feel welcome. 
as if this was their home and we, we didn't want to treat them as clients but rather someone who was welcome um, and that was the whole philosophy from the get-go was just to make sure that we had an extended hand and people were welcomed um, you know as if they were our, as if they were our friends and our neighbors which in fact is what they were which is great because it really is, I mean, food insecurity is a huge problem. We saw it was really at the forefront, I think, even this past year with the pandemic of, you know, people not being able to get maybe services they normally did. And, um, you know, it's something that people don't always know about, especially in Oshkosh. I think we, we talked earlier about how it's sometimes swept under the rug. And, yeah. um, you know, there are a lot of people who have needs out there that the OACP is able to help, which is great. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to emphasize, too, that, you know, the people we serve are not necessarily just um, the homeless people that you may on occasion see here in Oshkosh, but it's also our friends and neighbors. It's people who are working a couple of low-wage jobs. They may be a waitress. They may work in a retail store, but quite honestly, they they may be working 60 hours a week, but it's just not enough to pay what, you know, in Oshkosh, we have some fairly high rents, um, and so it may not be enough to get them through the month. And so we, we saw a lot of those people. Um, and they may not have always qualified for food share benefits either because they may have been at that Alice level where they were, you know, asset, you know, where their assets and incomes were restrained. They made money, but not enough to, to get them, you know, uh, some help from the government. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, they really are our friends and neighbors. They're those people who are serving us in the service industries a lot of times, and they're the ones um, who are needing our help a lot of times. So. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different situations that can arise. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I think one of the things that this organization has always fostered is um, a sense of gratitude. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story because it's my favorite story. It is my favorite story of the pantry. Uh, I was, you know, I love getting huge gifts from funders. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because, because it was like, it, it, it was validation that what you were doing was right. Mm-hmm. And people are willing to contribute. They yeah. want to support they, you. They believe in your mission. They believe in what you do. So I loved those $100,000 gifts we got. Uh, you know, I love that. But um, the one gift that I will never, ever forget was I was working at the counter for some reason, I I wasn't always behind the counter. I was usually in the background doing something else. But for some reason, I was up at the counter one day. And um, this man came up to the counter and handed me this envelope. And he just said, here, uh, my wife and I wanted you to have this. And I said, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You know, and so he left. And so I'm kind of like a kid in a candy store. And I want to open it up and see what's in there. Mm-hmm. So I I went in my office and I opened up the envelope. And inside, there was a note and a check. And the note, it, it touched me so deeply. Uh, you know, I still remember, you know, 10 years later here, that the letter said, uh, for many years, my husband and I, needed your services and we came and we used the food pantry. Now we're doing much better and we wanted to give back. And inside uh, there was a check for $25.36. And quite honestly, I have received checks for $100,000, which I'm most gracious for. 
most grateful for, but uh, nothing touched my heart as deeply as um, the day that I, I received this letter um, uh, of, of such deep gratitude and appreciation from somebody who gave the full measure that they were able to give back. Yeah. My greed, you know, has always stuck to me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. from that incident. And I, and I always, in, in whatever I did afterwards, I always kept them in my memory uh, of, of what um, good work looks like. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the thing is that we served thousands and thousands of people at the Ashley Community Pantry, but we never really knew whose life we made a difference in. Mm -hmm. And we, we really didn't know whose life we actually saved, but I know we did that. We mm -hmm. saved lives. We made a difference in people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah without question. Well, that is great, and that's a wonderful story. I think that, you know, the pantry has been able to continue to help people throughout the now 10-plus years that it's been open. What else, I guess, so you talked a lot. We talked a bit about the history. We talked about the mission. What other, any other stories or things that you want to share about your experience there? Yeah, you know, I just, um, I'm extremely grateful to the original board because um, all of us were clueless about what we were going to create. But they allowed me the room to develop, you know, what we eventually did uh, to make mistakes sometime, to learn from the mistakes and to get even better. And I think that's, a culture of innovation and entrepreneurship, which, you know, really has helped serve the pantry over the long haul. You know, when, um, you know, part of the original mission was to help people to become more independent. Well, one of the things we saw early on was that we had foods that people sometimes didn't know how to prepare. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the vegetables earlier. Yeah. So yeah. we created a little cooking area in the back and, and the uh, UW Extension uh, would have monthly cooking classes. And of course, we had to have a hook to get people in there. So we sure. said, if you come to the cooking classes, we'll give you another free trip through the pantry. You know, because Perfect. we thought it was yeah. very important. And, you know, we always had full classes because they wanted that extra trip through the pantry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was really, you know, that opportunity where um, UW Extension wanted to partner with us and where we saw the great opportunity there. Um, you know, other things that happened was, you know, we um, saw the need with school kids here. You know, in, in Oshkosh, I, I think that the free and reduced lunch program is, uh, at least at the time, was well over 50%. Mm -hmm. And in some schools, it was, you know, it was 70 to 80% at the time. And so we picked out a handful of schools here in Oshkosh and in Amro as well, where we did the um, Backpack for Kids program, where every Friday we would go and deliver, you know, uh, over 500, we call them backpacks, but they would, the teachers would put them in the backpacks of the kids. Mm -hmm. And so it was a completely voluntary program, and we tried to do it as anonymously as possible, mm -hmm. so that there wouldn't be any, you know, um, people getting singled out in the school for, mm -hmm. you know, having to use our services. So... We, it was a great partnership with the school district that we were able to help kids who, you know, maybe over the weekend, you know, the, the one, you know, maybe the one good meal or the good meals that they got in a day might have been the breakfast and the lunch that they got at schools. Mm -hmm. We don't know what happened on the weekends right. sometimes. Absolutely. You know, so that was, you know, a great opportunity. And, you know, and then we also worked with um, uh, 
UWO, the students, they helped us with that program. Um, they, they would come in and, and, and create the backpacks every week. They also would come, we also had students with Mike Leader would come out and we'd deliver um, to homes, you know, some of the, uh, some people who, who were not able to access our service, maybe they were homebound. We had a homebound delivery service and we would do that every Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had a, a group of volunteers from UWO which would come out and, and help us with that program too. Very cool. So, you know, it, it really was um, all about developing those partnerships with, with the community. Mm-hmm. And obviously the building now is a lot more accessible, but when there's people who are homebound, you know, how did, were you able to address that? Yeah, you know, we, we worked with the county to find out, you know, where are those locations where, you know, maybe we have Section 9 housing and, mm-hmm. and um, groups of people who maybe aren't using our services. So we actually went out then and contacted those buildings and said, do you have people who you think might be interested mm-hmm. in receiving our services? So that was kind of how that all came about. But, you know, it was a little bit of legwork to be able to get that done and and really, you know, just figuring it out. You know, we, we really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know where people are at or who's yeah. who's in need of those, of those services. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, the other thing was to, um, with the pantry, was to develop more nutritional opportunities for people. Um, you know, again, typical pantry fare was heavy on starches, very light on protein and vegetables and those kind of things. So one of the things that we made sure we did was to try to ramp up the, the nutrition standards of what we were offering, you know, and to stay away from those other things if we could you know we did have cookies mm-hmm. we did have that you know we had lots of junk food that was you know because you know what i like junk food yeah. i'm guessing <laughs> everybody else who came in the pantry liked junk food mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. as long um, as that's not the only thing you're eating yeah, that's okay you know, so, you know yep. sometimes we found we had to limit our guests we had to make <laughs> suggestions that maybe you know 10 Packages of cookies was not the right choice. Oh, no. (laughs) But, you know, that was really, you know, an educational thing, and it wasn't done in any mean-spirited way. No, it's just just to provide proper nutrition. Yeah, you know, and and that was really um, very important that we had to do that with people and and make sure that we were ourselves, you know, heading in in a more nutritionally balanced direction Mm -hmm. um, than what originally I think we had been. Yeah, and we talked about earlier, I mean, this really innovative idea to let people shop for their own groceries and using the point system versus just getting kind of a prepackaged bag of, you know, a certain amount of each thing that you said, like, they might not know how to prepare it. It might get thrown away if they don't like it. Uh, you know, the pantry was able to address some of those issues and, and help make a difference. Yeah, and, you know, we made mistakes, believe me. We, you know, we had no idea how that point system was going to work. And, you know, we adjusted it along the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think OACP continues to do great work. I think um, I'm proud of what we initially started off with. Uh, I'm indebted forever to all those people who volunteered, to all the nameless people. I can see their faces. Mm-hmm. I can see all those people um, who volunteered regularly and often uh, and who I hope are still doing well and are still volunteering at the pantry.
Excellent. Well, it's been so great talking to you. I think this has been super informative and it's so cool to hear the origin story of the pantry and, you know, seeing it grow over the years. And I think obviously you did an amazing job because it's successful and continues to be and community partners and volunteers were also a huge part of that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. But, you know, it really, it really was never about Steve. It was really about everybody else and, you know, um, being able to facilitate a successful organization and to build on it um, was much more important to me. Um, but I'm thrilled that they're still doing so very well and continue to serve the you know in a much needed way here in Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, thank you, and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future. Okay, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Pantry Podcast. Remember to visit oacptoday.org to find out how to be a volunteer or how to make a charitable donation. You can also sign up for the monthly newsletter. This podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple, so be sure to subscribe on your preferred platform. As always, we encourage you to support the pantry's mission to make sure no one in our community goes hungry. Thanks for listening.